Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. OTA day, baby. Welcome in. It's the PHNX Cardinals podcast presented by a couple of handsome men here. PHNX, it's your premier Arizona Cardinal podcast. Like and subscribe. Leave us a five star wherever you get your programming. Johnny Venerable, Bo Brock, fresh off the Cardinals practice facility. Got a bunch of takeaways, but I'm going to ask you first and foremost, because you sent me a text today, Bo Brock, that I thought was interesting. And, you know, we like to complain about the state of the Cardinal quarterback group and, you know, this, that, and the other. You you told me that Clayton Toon was basically firmly entrenched as QB2 already. Can you confirm or deny this? It, it certainly looks like it. There, there was okay. no David Blau out there today. Obviously, this is voluntary OTAs, mandatories coming up soon in a week and a half out there at the facility in Tempe. But as far as... Who is taking the reps as QB2 behind Colt McCoy as QB1? Getting tuned up. Clayton yeah. Toon out yeah. there taking snaps from the rookie center. John Gaines is second. Yeah, why not? Absolutely looking good. And, uh, I mean, as far as what you want to hear, if, you are, uh, if, if you're part of the Toon squad, uh, Jonathan Gannon, he wanted to ask, he wanted us to ask one more question as far as the press corps went. Okay. I was able to get it in. I was just like, what, what do you like so far about this rookie quarterback? And he said, he's not scared. He said he was trying to make some throws in some tight windows. And JG was like, yeah, it's pretty tight. And, and tune himself is like, I got you coach. I got you. I got those throws and my repertoire. And it's everything you want to hear. I mean, that's just straight pornography. If if you're rooting for the rookie quarterback to maybe get some reps and and solidify backup quarterback of this of this rebuilding roster. Yeah, and I you emphasize rebuild there, and I agree with you. Like, what's the point? I don't want to see David Blau play football for this team, especially when he's not going to have somebody like DeAndre Hopkins, right? I mean, the offensive line could be better, but I just. It's not the same offense. So a lot of people who are like, well, he looked good under Cliff last year. It's not the Cliff Kingsbury offense. He's at, I think, starting point A or 1A with Clayton Toon and everybody. I don't think anybody has a leg up on anybody else outside of Colt McCoy's started games in this league. So you feel like he's the placeholder, right? He's QB1 right now as you await Kyler Murray. But then like Clayton Toon. I think significantly more upside than Jeff Driscoll and and David Blau because we know what those guys are. Now your 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 concern is inexperience with you know a rebuilding roster may not be a great recipe. But I I love the idea of a guy who played a ton of snaps at the collegiate level showed you a lot right was drafted not with a throwaway pick a fifth round pick 
Let him be quarterback two when the season starts. Let him learn from Colt McCoy. Because I like this scenario. Hopefully things work out. Kyler Murray comes back sooner rather than later. Let Clayton Toon be QB two behind K1 yeah. at some point. Because I I, feel, I really do feel like, and this is, this is just probably my bias against Colt McCoy at this point. <laughs> I feel like Colt McCoy's got a foot out the door. And that's good for him. He's earned it. Broadcasting career, I think he'll be on many national outlets. He's already doing some color commentary and some spring leagues. That's great. But the Cardinals have football games to play in, in August and September, and I've seen Colt McCoy. I know how that game is played. Clayton Toon, there's a there's a mystique, there's a mystery about, okay, can this guy come in and be competent? I mean, Davis Mills two years ago, not last year, two years ago, Houston, third-round yeah. pick, right? A lot of years and miles at Stanford. Played well for Houston, a bad Houston team. I think we could see something similar if they opt to pull the the reins off here and let this kid play. Yeah, I mean, you've got maybe kind of that restrictor plate that you can put in place that we yeah. we've seen maybe that is more conducive to a rookie fifth rounder playing significant snaps in his first yeah. year, right? I mean, you've got the veteran and Colt McCoy who it, it would be tough, in my opinion, for Toon to hurdle McCoy, right? No, it, but McCoy is known have... to go down, right? Absolutely, down. a guy who took his lumps and and that's that's you know putting it nicely last year where he had an MRI on his on his on his head. He had a neck issue. He had a calf issue. He had a throwing arm issue. I mean, it was, it was a what's what as far yeah. as what uh, Colt McCoy went through uh, physically last year and going into mm -hmm. getting a little bit older. He's 37 years old here. You've got a guy who is just ultra productive at Houston, throwing the football, yeah. not against premier talent. I think that that's one of the strikes against tune. Uh, and, and as far as, you know, him as far he has most of the throws in his that, he, that he's able to make. And then he's got the athleticism. And I think mm -hmm. when you looked at a, a couple of the quarterbacks that this team was in, and you, you have it sourced, Johnny, that they were in on jo Joshua Dobbs, yeah. similar skill set. And if you look at the next wave of like kind of the quintessential backups, I think you're going to find guys like Dobbs, guys like Toon that are able to kind of do it all. And once, you know, once you know, Kyler Murray comes back, I think that this a tune could be uh, certainly the backup of the future with with maybe a higher-end uh, starting ability, right, to get in yeah. there and run this offense that Drew Petzing wants to install, that James Conner kind of gave us some insight today when I was talking to him about what it's going to look like. We've already been kind of uh, putting out – you know, a little feeling of what that offense is going to look like. And it's going to be more kind of run heavy, right? More run dominant offense than the air raid that we've been used to seeing under Cliff Kingsbury, which is another good thing for a guy like Clayton Toon. Yeah. And I just 70 touchdowns in his last two years at Houston. He had been there for what, like five years. I'm yeah. not saying that he's, he's ready plug and play, but I, I think it's naive to think that he, he can't beat out a Jeff Driscoll and David Blau to the point where those guys are obsolete, that you just get rid of them. And then you just let the chips fall where they may. Colt McCoy, barring something unforeseen, another addition, which with Hopkins released doesn't seem likely now, is going to be your starter in September. But again, how many times did we watch games last year? It was like Colt McCoy goes down, Trace McSorley yeah. comes in. Colt McCoy is not practicing. Colt McCoy had an undisclosed injury that left him not throwing for part of the spring. So I know he got beat up. He, he's made his money in the NFL. Good for him. I, I think Colt McCoy is very much just like a little bit of a contingency plan for like Austin Ford and Gannon. They inherited Colt McCoy. He's on the roster. He was extended by Steve Kime last year. 
So the so everybody's just like, okay, he's just he's just around, and I guess we'll give him first team reps. But even with the Cardinals potentially, and I emphasize the quotations here, tanking twenty twenty three, I think that you would be best served, assuming Kyler is behind schedule or November is a timeline. You got to give Clayton Tune if he's competent at least like a four game stretch. Give him a quarter of the season to go out there and compete. Show the fans something. Show your coaching staff something that, okay, this is a guy that could potentially back up Kyler Murray next year. Yeah. We've seen enough now. I, I think the preseason, even I, I would give him starting reps in the preseason with a lot of the starting players. I don't think we need to see much from Colt McCoy come August. That's my personal opinion. Yeah, and, and I almost want to like kind of cap the amount of games we're going to see Colt McCoy, regardless 100%. of when Kyler Murray is going to come in, I'll, I'll cap it right here at six, right? I think we can max out Colt McCoy this season at six games. And then if, if Kyler's not ready to come That's back. That's a good over-under. Right. I mean, would you put it at, if I, if I said five and a half, you know, what are you taking? Are you taking over? I would take, well, we, we put the sweet spot on Kyler returning in like mid-October. Right. Uh, and that, and that could be aggressive maybe not i but that's like six games so i think that's right on the money five and a half six and a half is is the sweet spot but you're you hit the nail on the head like how many games can colt mccoy win you in in those first six weeks one two games max right now in in six games in the last or last two years he's three and three He's he's the he's he's the cliche backup. He can win you three games. He can lose you three games. And the three games that he's won, he looks spectacular, right? He had he had the win uh, at San Francisco. He had another win against San uh, against Seattle, and then he had another win last season where he looked really really solid. Um, forgive me. It was a it was it was L A Rams. Yeah, it was three it was a- three divisional. Well, two years right. ago, in in a span of three weeks, he went on the road twice in the NFC West and won, but. That was with a roster that was was pretty loaded <laughs> at the time. You yeah, not Kirk, bad, right? Hopkins, James Conner scoring twenty touchdowns. What Zach what Ertz Col- had a two tutty game in in Seattle. I mean, yeah, you don't have the Zach defense Ertz was right giving now. them a, a bunch of possessions. That Seattle game, they scored only twice. I mean, what Colt McCoy? I think I I, I see where you're going with that, but like Colt McCoy, his arsenal is is watered down considerably mm-hmm. from what he was rolling with two years ago, and then last year. Cardinals got the Rams at the right time where they were basically kind of disheveled. They were playing better football at the end of the year. I All that to say, six games of Colt McCoy, if he somehow went three and three, that would be a modern miracle. Yeah, yeah I, it, I would. So. it would. It would. I, I think that as far as the, the days of him being a premium backup are probably over, right? But it, yeah. can he come in? Can he run the offense probably at the highest possible level? relative to the current quarterback room and also give you the ability to really kind of at least have kid gloves on dealing with tune out of the gates. So he, he doesn't have to prepare to be the starter on the road, going up against that ferocious Washington front seven week one, but with Blau out today, there was, it was tune was, was fully entrenched. I felt as the backup quarterback. And then, and then you had Colt McCoy there as your starting signal caller throwing with the first team, uh, offense and, and taking snaps from your first team center. And it really it looks like it's going to be the man from Denmark and yelled at Frodeholt. So Frodeholt yeah. looks like he has a stranglehold on that starting center position to where, as far as on that depth chart, you've got Jonathan Gaines as your backup center. Uh, and so you got the, the two vets there. You got QB one Colt. Well, Kyler comes back. You've got QB two, 
the rookie in in in, in Clayton Tune, and he's already yep. working out with with a future battery mate potentially and gains the second. So uh, started to kind of see some where where maybe first rounder Paris Johnson Jr. is gonna see more and more reps and it it looks more and more like he's going to be playing a certain position come training camp in the start of the season and we're starting to see what Zayvon Collins role is potentially going to be under Jonathan Gannon and Nick Rollis and this new look defense going forward as well yeah and I want to stick with Paris Johnson Jr. because you know you and I were texting Bo gives me the skinny on uh the you know private text message thread I'll keep between us but basically (laughs) like Paris Johnson Jr. has yet to take a snap at guard through OTAs. And I know they're OTAs, yeah. but I, I'm I'm of the mindset, I've, I'll double and triple down on this. I think it'd be a huge egregious mistake now to move Paris Johnson Jr. He's played a whole collegiate year at a top four program at Ohio State, kicking ass and taking names at left tackle. Should have won the national championship. Should have beaten Georgia, right? Until Georgia took out Marvin Harrison Jr., future Cardinal. And now he's at OTAs and he's playing tackle, albeit right tackle. To move him to a position he hasn't played in about two years, I think would be a mistake. Even when you consider the miles and the experience of Kelvin Beecham and DJ Humphreys, like I don't, I, it's not I don't care about those guys. Those are good players when they're healthy. Paris Johnson Jr., if we're talking like who are the, the biggest commodities on the Cardinal roster, what's the biggest chunk of gold yeah. they have right now? It's the big man that was selected six overall. I care about his development. I care about his progression to reaching Pro Bowl status more than anybody else right now, selfishly, right? You got older players. You got players that are overpaid. You got players that are TBD, right? We love Trey McBride. We love Maje. We love Cameron. We don't know yet. Paris Johnson Jr. was the first pick of this new regime. I, I And again, like, if, if they have him play guard, so be it. But when you text me and you keep telling me, like, Paris is a tackle. Paris is a tackle. Don't you feel like if they were going to put him at guard, they would just bite the bullet? I mean, they're not, there's minimal contact right now. They're not working on pad to pad. They're working on fundamentals. This is fundamental play, tackle play, offensive line play. If they were going to put him at guard, you would have had to rip the bandaid off already. I, I completely agree. And, and I was wrong because when we started, when we made our predictions over two weeks ago, I had him sliding in and playing right guard, the position that he might be. He has more reps, more snaps in his in his collegiate career uh, than he did. Obviously, he had left tackle snaps last season, but he played on the right side at the guard position. But to your point, I mean, I think just preparing for guys to be coming it off the edge and dealing with that type of physicality, that's, that sort of athleticism right out of the gates and, and just having to get that technique down, regardless of which side of the line's on, I think it's invaluable at this point. If, if you're willing to, you know, kind of throw him to the flames this early in his career, I, you know, you can respect that because as long as he's, he's, he's got the, you know, correct coaching and he's not developing bad habits, it's a positive for him. I mean, other yeah. than that, if he's going out and he's getting, he's a turnstile and Chase Young is just running through him like he's water, you know, that that's a problem. But if, yeah. if and he's, as long as he's not get out there and laundry's not getting thrown at him every other down because he's jumping off sides or false starting, excuse me. And he's, he's not, uh, you know, just, just easy cakewalk to the quarterback for opposing defenses. I think that it's, it's, it's invaluable what he's getting to potentially start at the tackle position to start his career. And I don't think it's an indictment of him to say, I don't want him to play guard and the position versatility. When we were doing our draft breakdowns, Bo, and I, you know, I did the video on, on our tackles and we had talked about Skaronsky and Darnell Wright and some of these other players. 
the consensus on Paris Johnson Jr. was he can play inside, but why would you do that when he is a, a, a plug-and-play tackle? Whereas, like, Skaronsky, the argument was, well, he can never be a plus tackle, but put him at guard, he could be an all-pro, right? And darn all right, they're like, oh, maybe he can only play right tackle. The consensus on Paris Johnson Jr. was, don't screw around if you don't have to. Put him at tackle, left or right tackle. He's going to be a star there. For the Cardinals, who are the quintessential team to get the top pick next year, and it's coincidental because they never have tackle depth. They suddenly do now. But <laughs> isn't it funny that people are like, well, wait a minute. The Cardinals have good tackle depth. You just got to kick Paris Johnson Jr. inside. It's like, come on, guys. What are we doing screwing around? There's a really good chance right. Beecham and, and Humphreys aren't even on the team next year. Do not block this young man. He's got experience, right? He played it at the highest level possible. It's not like our guy, Clayton Toon, playing at Houston, trying to come in and start in the This guy was the left tackle for Ohio State, playing the best teams in the conference, playing the best teams in college football. And now he's going to the team with the lowest win-loss total in the NFL projected for 2023, and you want to block him? And he's the first pick of this regime? That's such ass-backwards thinking to, I think, what, they sh what they've done this entire offseason, which well, is about competition and young guys. Get I love Kelvin Beecham. Get like get him out of here. He's he's not part of this team's future. I don't care if he for a half second can block Colt McCoy longer week one. That that doesn't help the Cardinals long term. All the arguments we're seeing right now about you got to tank for 2023. You got to think big picture. You're think you're not thinking big picture if you're not putting Paris Johnson Jr. at tackle week one. Well, that's my opinion. Regardless, if you're if you're tanking or not, you you've got to be able to protect your players. And, and like, if you have liabilities, especially at those positions, I mean, those are so important. If if you have somebody that can't hang at the NFL level at the left or right tackle position, it be, it, it puts people in harm's way. And and I don't care if you're if you're playing the win games or not playing the win games. You you can't put in, you know as much as you pay any quarterback from your starter to your backup, you can't put anybody in that position to take that hit. You can't put pay uh, a running back in James Conner the amount of money if he's just going to have an unblocked you know defender come at him it's it's just mistakes get people hurt and and I don't but think don't that, you feel like they were no, going to take him third overall no, like if you take it somebody third is, overall no my point is if if he's the best option then he should play and I think that yeah. he's going to be just because it's it's such a position where the wear and tear adds up and when you start no to look at yeah I mean it's great to have guys like DJ Humphreys who once again wasn't out on the practice field today he was supposed to meet with the media we didn't even talk to dj humphreys because i'm sure the question would be what's your health right now what's your status right now and i don't think he could give us a straight answer so we haven't seen calvin Beecham for the most part you've got two guys that i think that you can say hey we've got good depth here we've got good leadership from those guys we've got guys that we think that can help you know uh mentor these players but as far as are they going to be uh, blocking guys from from their ability to play snaps for this team, I don't think that they will. I mean, DJ is making the type of money where, where it could become an issue, but he's got to get to a point physically where he's ready to play himself, uh, where I think like like Beach, I, I'm starting to think I'm going to start to throw him in the group of guys like Dennis Daly, Elijah Wilkinson, uh, guys who are on this roster for depth across the line. Like it's no yeah. longer like, hey, there's your right tackle. I think – I really think Paris Johnson Jr., the th thought process right now is he's going to be your starting right tackle. Yeah, and at Libertarian Sasquatch completely agree. You can either play or you can't. And if you're taking a guy, I I'm just going to assume that Paris Johnson Jr. was the third overall pick because they were going to take him third overall had they not traded down. They weren't going to take Will. They were going to take Paris Johnson Jr. over Will Anderson Jr., 
which tells me this pick regardless. He's the sixth well, but I, overall but pick. I mean, that's, he's, a, that's he, a big pick. He was going to be the first non-quarterback in this draft. I'm, I'm, I'm not playing him at guard year one. I'm not screwing around with that. Like he, this is Skaronsky went where Skaronsky was supposed to go outside Deagle, right outside the top 10 or right 11, outside. Right? The, yeah. Yeah. Like that's, that's where everybody projected him because he's got short baby arms and he played at Northwestern. <laughs> right. And the people think he's a guard, right? Maybe he can play T-Rex arms at right yes. tackle. Paris Johnson jr. Is a blue ah. chip tackle. <laughs> I don't know what that is. That's a little that's concerning. Trying to get his, he's trying to stay inside what, defender. Right? I see what you're doing. I, you, to me, it's, if we're doing all, if we're paying twenty plus million dollars to tell Diop go away, right? Yeah. If we're iffy on Kyler Murray this year participating, if you're talking about K- Caleb Williams, I do not want to see a single practice rep wasted on Paris Johnson's future at a position he is not going to play. It's what the Cardinals should have done from day one with guys like Zayvon Collins and Isaiah Simmons. We're going to talk about that here in a second. I mean, before- Isaiah, real quick, Isaiah, like I think that that's the that's the cautionary tale, right? I mean, remember how they they operated with kid gloves on him? Do, and it was do I remember? Pressure. It is embedded into my yeah. brain on doubling down with Hassan Reddick. <laughs> the prior regime were the poster children for saying, you like this position? You played it well at the collegiate level? We're going to switch it up against the best in the world, right? Speaking of the best in the world, it's BetMGM, folks. We've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We're using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks we got special offers for our listeners every week, including Manana. Hello, we're going to be at the Bet MGM Sportsbook on the Great Lawn at State Farm Stadium. And guess what? Every Saturday and Wednesday, by the way, you can claim your bonus bet on the house. But be sure, claim it within and use it within 72 hours or it expires. So do not wait. You can use those sweet, sweet bonus bets on any sports wager. And again, tomorrow, Manana, Friday night, the Knockout Nights Cornhole League, first Friday of every month, specials, giveaways, BetMGM prizes. I mentioned my guy, Bo Brock, and I will be there at BetMGM as well as the entirety of the PHNX crew. Come out and get that phone, get that smart device going with BetMGM, that BetMGM app. Use that bonus code PHNX. There's a few different offers depending on where you live, but for our Arizona audience, you will get up to $100 in bonus bets on your first wager with BetMGM. Make sure you're using that sweet, sweet bonus code PHNX. Check out the show notes for full details and now listen to our guy Shane Diefenbach talk about it in the disclaimer. Disclaimer 21 plus to wager. Visit betmgm.com for terms and conditions. U.S. promotional offers not available in Washington, D.C., Mississippi, Nevada, New York, and Ontario. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler. Colorado, D.C., Illinois, Indiana, Louisiana, Maryland, Mississippi, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Tennessee, Virginia, West Virginia, Wyoming. Call 877 8 Hope NY or text Hope NY 467 369 New York. Call 1 800 Next Step Arizona. 1 800 522 4700 Kansas, Nevada. 1 800 327 5050 Massachusetts. 1 800 Bets Off Iowa. 1 800 270 7117 for confidential help Michigan. He's the voice of an angel, doesn't he? Shane Diefenbach, uh, I was just making sure I was keeping up to date. Following our friends over at Four Peaks Brew on Instagram, because right now they've got an incredible contest going on, sweepstakes, where you can win yourself four tickets to an upcoming Arizona Diamondbacks game. Diamondbacks just, the D-backs just walked off the Rockies for a sweep. They're heating up. Why not get yourself four free tickets to a game plus D-Bucks. So it's on Four Peaks when you get there to Chase Field and you're spending those D-Bucks at the Four Peaks tap room. You're out there getting that food on Four Peaks. Sign up. The link's in the bio. Got to follow them, though, on IG at Four Peaks Brew. Also at Four Peaks Pub 
on Twitter. Great follow to keep up with Arizona's premium craft brewery, Four Peaks. Of course, they got all the great beers there. You got Kilt Lifter, the flagship. They got the bourbon aged barrel uh, Kilt Lifter, which is unbelievably smooth. Yeah. So good. Uh, plus, they got the number one wheat beer in all of the state of Arizona, the Wow Wheat. Can't go wrong there. You're an IPA person. They got a, a plethora of IPAs for you out there. They got the Staycation IPA. Why not get in on that? You got to be 21 years or older, but of course, you got to do it responsibly. Do it at Four Peaks if you're going to do it anywhere else. Good comment here in the chat. Uh, has Kyler been out of practices? I know he can't do anything, but it would be yeah. nice for him to be there as a leader of the team. Bo, you're there every day. What's the oh, yeah. word with K1? K1 was out there today. He was he was standing behind the QBs as Clayton Toon and Colt McCoy and Jeff Driscoll were dropping back and and throwing passes. There was Kyler Murray standing there with offensive coordinator Drew Petzing and hanging out still behind the scenes. And you know what? James Conner was was talking today. And James Conner was asked about just the presence of, of Kyler Murray at practice. And and this is what James Conner said about Kyler. Oh, man, it means everything. He's been here. He's been the first one in the building. He's been, been here after everybody goes. You know, and um, just I got to spend a lot of time with him, you know, during during these OTA periods and just seeing how he's working. You can tell he's really, really locked in. Um, how much he's itching to get back out there. You know, he's behind, on the, behind the huddles watching every play, you know, so – Really locked in and uh, really excited for his return and just his whole process. I thought he only plays video games. I thought he wasn't a good leader. Or he loves teammate. the bids. He <laughs> loves not coming out during his birthday party. Just he's a big Fortnite. First in, last out. That doesn't make that doesn't fit the narrative. He's gonna eat himself out of the league after this injury. All the narrative, <laughs> all the headlines. You know, I, listen, James Conner. He echoes what he was telling you and I during Super Bowl week yeah. on on Radio Row. That Kyler is out for redemption if 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 you can call it that he just wants to prove everybody wrong and i think he's i mean i think he's got the right staff to be behind him everybody on this staff and then i would include kyler murray they have big chips on their shoulder you know mm -hmm. gannon's been doubted kyler murray's been doubted now nick rollis has been doubted why didn't you take the philly defensive coordinator job drew petzing's been doubted if you look up his history his whole career Monty Austin Ford was the second line for this job um, and, and got it was the runner up and then and then got it. So I think this this entire staff, this grouping is really going to work well together because of their mindset to be able to come out and prove everybody else wrong. And I think winning's a byproduct of that. Everybody looks at teams like New England historically like that's that's how they've done it. It's just go out there, bulletin board material, whereas like the Kingsbury Cardinals, it was like can we be sexy? Can we be fun? And there was no organic like will to no. win outside yeah, of too cool. Right. Outside of the, the flash in the pan with Watt when he tried to garner that out of this team and it just, there, he, he alone, Watt alone could not do it. And now yeah. the infrastructure with the staff and, and Kyler Murray's buy-in, you just can't put a price on it. The, this team, you know, we talked, we've talked a lot this week about, yeah, you know, its ability or inability to compete in the 2023 season. And we throw the word tank around. Right. Yeah. Um, but as far as the team itself, uh, like they can separate, you know, what we're saying, what the national media is saying, what everybody's saying about uh, this organization right now and where it's going or where it's not going next season. Like James Conner, Jonathan Gannon, like that's that's falling on deaf ears with those guys. They are hyper-focused yeah. on what their job is. You know, now are they going to be able to compete week in and week out? Are they going to be able to kind of contend with the Niners, the Eagles of the world, the the true teams that are just built to compete right now? That that remains to be seen. Like, are, are yeah. people are they going to be able to surprise people? You know, you hope so, but you know, as far as what they've been dealt roster-wise, 
Um, we'll see, but they're not listening to that. And that's what you need no. to know, right? You, you've got Monty Austin Fort doing his job, right? He's doing his job in the front office and preparing this team for sustained success, right? And then you've got the team that's that's preparing to fight, you know, every week in and week out, compete yeah. for jobs. And that's what you need, right? You, you need the roster to have that uh, unshakable faith that, you know, they're going to win their job. And, and I like that. I like what I heard from JG. I like what I heard from James Conner today. I mean, you talk about the, just the stark differences between where the organization was last year and where it is now. I mean, I'm standing out there, I'm watching the Cardinals, uh, run 11 on 11s today and who walks up next to me and he he took his time throughout the entire media that was out there at practice day was general manager Monty Osfort. Yeah. And he was shot the shot the shit with me and was asking, you know, oh, if wow. we were how we were doing and he he thanked everybody for their coverage of this team. And it's like I'll tell you what, that never happened in the 10 years under the previous no. general manager. Steve I mean, Kime never came up to you and talked to you guys, about the, and, and the, not, the squad? I would never ask for that. Like, I would never ask for that, but they do things right, you know, from, yeah. from the team building aspect to, to, like, nobody needs to take care of the media members. I'm sure, like, there's, you, you don't get that nearly at the, the majority of the 32 NFL franchises. But I think I, I really get the sense, you know, we haven't seen his Monty Osterford's Cardinals teams play it down or Jonathan Gannon's Cardinals teams play it down. But at this point in their regime, like, I really get the sense that these guys get it. Character counts. Brian in the chat, uh, no cu camp cupcake. I mean, it's it's the op it's the opposite of that. Now, is it as talented as last year? No, but how many guys just didn't practice? How many guys weren't participating? Bo and I were at what was it the red and white practice last year? And just Frank, that that was one of the biggest letdowns who, of who the was there of I mean, the preseason. Yeah, they didn't they didn't have anybody ready to go. Those you know the poor fans in the Red Sea came out and supported this team. And all the heavy hitters, they were just kind of standing around. Some people weren't even dressed. Some people weren't yeah. even out there. And it was a byproduct. Country club training camp last year. This you know year, he said today, he said, you know how you get what? better at football? You play football. Yeah, you practice, right? Yeah. You practice and you play. Um, and speaking of practice, it looks like Zayvon Collins, we mentioned positional changes, is practicing a new position. And I'm going to go on, on a limb and say it's his permanent position now, Bo. You keep me honest here. Yeah. I Zayvon Collins, this entirety of the offseason, has been playing edge rusher, outside linebacker, uh, defensive end, if you will. I don't think he's going to play linebacker anymore. He, right. the, his zero white linebacker role, I think that's done. Just for the same point of Paris Johnson Jr., why would you take this guy who's got first-round talent, was a first-round pick, and make him do 10 different things when you want him to just, just try to be good to great at one thing? And I think right. they, they've looked at his skill set. Austin Ford's watched the tape. They've seen him in person. They see how he moves in space, and, and they they are saying Gannon's a defensive savant. Nick Rallis is a defensive savant. They're saying, we think this guy can be a big-time edge rusher, defensive end. Yes or no? You believe that's true or false, Bo Brock? I believe, you know, what my eyes are telling me that yeah. I think you're you're correct in your assessment of where he's primarily going to play. Now, yeah. I had asked JG after practice today about Zayvon Collins and, you know, how he's coming as a pass rusher and playing off the edge more so than he ever has. And this is what JG told me. Yeah, versatile player, obviously, with Zayvon. Um, we're still kind of bouncing around different spots. He's been playing that spot for us that you see right now. But uh He's extremely intelligent, so you can do a lot of different things with him because he can handle it mentally. And um, I like his skill set. He's a big, strong, explosive, you know, person. So um, 
you know, we're going to, it's just like it, all of our players, we'll try to put him in as many spots that he's comfortable with and for him to produce on the field for us and help us win. He's a big, strong, explosive person, uh, but he's versatile too. <laughs> but that's, how people, big, that's how people describe me. Right. The big, strong, explosive Johnny Venerable. Uh, no, I mean, as far as he, that, that's an edge rusher, right? That, yeah. that seems like an that's edge not rusher. Not a off-ball linebacker. Yeah, I mean, if he's know. going to, if they, if they play like a four-three, um, maybe yeah. he could play the outside linebacker spot. But I think he's primarily going to be, uh, you know, a guy that's getting after the passer. He was, he was working out with former Arizona State uh, defensive coach, now Cardinals offensive outside linebackers coach, pass rushers coach, uh, Rob Rodriguez today on the side, he was just getting a one-on-one treatment and, and they were really trying to get him up to speed to be a pass rusher. And, uh, you know, you might love his versatility, but as far as, you know, where he could potentially thrive for this team at his size, at six, five, two sixty plus with his, his bend and his athleticism, you know, it, it's a pretty thin crop of players that can play what what JG wants out of those pass rushers. Yeah, and I I think I've used this comparison before. There was a player that was drafted by the Detroit Lions, Kyle Van Noy, uh, and they I think they tried him at linebacker first, like stand up four three linebacker, and then he gets traded to New England. And New England puts him like moves him all over the place, but he really settled in nicely as an outside linebacker pass rusher. And he, he's had a cup of coffee in the career, and, and you would hope yeah. Zavin can have more you know production than Kyle Van Noy. But that's kind of where I think this is solidifying: is that can we get seven, eight sacks out of this kid and build off of that? Because what here's what we know about the outside linebacker position for the Cardinals is we like the talent there. <clears throat> it's not like defensive tackle. Mm-hmm. Where there, I mean, be frank here. There, there's just not a lot of talent in that group. There's a lot of guys who should not be starting that are going to start, and then there's some backups who probably wouldn't be on a lot of rosters in the NFL. It's just it's a group that they haven't been able to invest talent in. Whereas pass rusher, they've got Maje, they've got Cameron Thomas, they've got <coughs> excuse me, Zach Allen, or excuse me, now not Zach Allen, um, Cameron Thomas, got Cameron Thomas. They've got, they've got these guys now where you're like, okay, I can see it. I can see it coming to fruition. These guys were high picks for a reason. Yeah. Now Gannon is going to hopefully make them a Hassan Reddick 2.0 scenario. BJ Ojolari, who I know we're going to talk about. So I am I am optimistic. The Cardinals really just need, of like this group of four or five guys, they just need like one to two to hit. And then they'll put themselves in a position where that's a sure thing going into next year. What if yeah. you, you turn around and Zayvon Collins and, BJ Ojolari, your pass rushers, and it's week 16, 17. They're having a sneaky good year. You you feel much better about that group. Whereas, you know, some of these other position groups, like I'm not going to say like they're hopeless, but it's like, can we, for the life of us, bail water until 2024? Yeah. I don't look at pass rusher like that. But you can, you can pour one out for the days of Zayvon Collins being in the middle of that defense, being 100%. that Mike linebacker. It's over. 100%. That's dead. God, God. Kime was shooting bullets so hard toward the end. Every move he made, every button he pressed was just the the complete wrong decision. Hey, Steve, that's just whatever you're thinking is wrong. It's completely opposite of what we should. Isaiah Simmons as a box linebacker, never. Right. Never. And and look, you know, Isaiah, I saw him working in coverage quite a bit today. And, you know, I think slot corner continues to be something. I I know that that's not what people want to hear, but. 
that that's that's gonna be he's gonna be your hybrid to where he's gonna be the middle to back where if Zaven even sniffs the middle it's gonna be middle to front right and he's gonna be a guy that's gonna be coming off the edge uh you know pass rush linebacker or, or defensive end yeah I, I think that there there are guys that that Gannon and Rollis are very intrigued with with their size and their athleticism and maybe if it can can Cameron Thomas Zaven Collins BJ Ujolari, and maybe Majay Sanders, you can say that's the quartet right there that they're going to work with. Right. It's a great foursome. And yeah. I can tell you, the only one that they, that they, not that they don't feel invested in the other guys, but they, they stuck their name and their resume with BJ Ujolari. He was a draft pick of this regime, right? Whereas the rest of these guys were inherited. So this year, and this is, I think, going to be the case for a lot of these guys, it's like, what can we can we be mad scientists? What can we come out of the lab with with these guys? We don't have to have a definitive opinion one way or the other. But like 2024, I need to know what Zayvon Collins most likely is. I need to know, can Rondell Moore play or is mm. he just a gadget guy? So then you have clarity. They don't have a lot of clarity at too many positions before they go into what will be, I think, the most pivotal offseason in decades for this franchise 2024 when you're equipped with a hundred million dollars in cap space and a ton of draft capital early in the draft with blue chips everywhere you need to try everything and so i slot corner isaiah simmons is not something i want to hear bo brock say but if they (laughs) if they feel like they want to try it in lieu of a third safety then let them try it, but right. you got to well, check that and, box, I guess. What, uh, who's this saying? It? Is it Sheer saying it to asking about Simmons? Is he going to play? Uh, has he been playing linebacker, nickel? Yeah, he's out there in, in nickel packages for sure. Yeah. Uh, trying to find a spot for him in, in their base defense. I haven't seen a whole lot of Isaiah Simmons in, the, in their base, but mm-hmm. they go nickel, penny. Um, he's one of those guys that I think they they trust his his coverage ability and yeah. that he can he can play that hybrid to what to what you're saying like a third safety or a nickel corner or a slot whatever it may be with with the upside the tackling upside uh, to play sideline to sideline like like yeah. a linebacker so uh, we'll see how it continues to materialize I know Rollis had some comments on on Arizona Sports yesterday about Simmons and his ability to pick up you know what they're putting down defensively and and how how he's he's very encouraged by Isaiah so. That's that's at least the the update on on those guys. I, I don't know if we, we mentioned Froholtz, the center guy, and um, there was no Kazir White today at practice. So mainly running the, the middle of that defense, that Mike linebacker spot was Josh Woods, sure. who's been Friend primarily a yeah primarily a uh, a special team guy. But he's somebody that's kind of emerged as, as one of the leaders as far as this 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 new this changeover this roster. Yeah, and I think correct me if I'm wrong. Did he get a a, a two year deal, albeit a modest two year deal? Did they sign him for two seasons at like the vet minimum? I know you could move off of him, but yeah. we just if, if you can find it on on PHNX Sports, I highly recommend checking out our interview with Josh Woods. Yeah, super down to earth human being, and it, it's the kind of person. I mean, like these these um, I don't know what word I'm trying to use, but it, the guys that come from historically four three defenses like yeah. JG and company these architects of four, three defenses, their linebacking core are five, 11, six foot, six foot one guys who are afterthoughts, undrafted late round picks like a Kazir white, like a TJ Edwards that he had in Philadelphia. That's why they signed Josh Woods. And he, and he came on this show and said, you know, I've been a special teamer. I was in Detroit. Obviously Dave Sears was familiar with him there. Cardinals new, you know, assistant GM, 
But now it's like, I it would not surprise me at all if this kid comes out week one and is like a sub starter. Wouldn't yeah. it be something if, if that kid's playing more snaps than Isaiah Simmons at the end of the year? Because they knew his role. Yeah. It'd be wild. I mean, it's just the grasp of the defense and what your yeah. role is on a down-to-down basis. That's going to be important. Uh, I see Connor in a question about Michael Wilson. We'll get to the receiving core because JG not only talked about D-Hop, but the wide receivers now left on the Arizona Cardinals roster. Uh, BJ Ujolari, big just a quick update as far as the second-round pick. And I've talked – our guy Howard Balzer just dialed in as far as this stuff goes. And he said yeah. that for his second-round picks, there's only seven that have been signed. In yeah. the NFL right now, in the second round pick, where things kind of get sticky, especially at this point in the offseason, in signing contracts with the CBA that was signed years ago, uh, there's 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 a little bit of guaranteed money left over for second round picks, and that becomes kind of a sticking point, and you have to start to see the dominoes fall as far as where the guys are slotted and what guaranteed money is going to go to them. Uh, I mean, the guaranteed money for the most part for the first rounders is accounted for, and that's why it's easy to get them taken care of and then the guys beyond the second round a little easier because there's not a whole lot of guaranteed money that they're dealing with they can just put their name on a dotted line and sign a pretty standard rookie contract so Ujulari not signed yet but that's not why he wasn't practicing today Gannon said he's nicked up he's just dealing uh just with a couple you know lingering injuries uh but he was out there just kind of on the practice field observing in uniform uh, so was Garrett Williams, who continues to rehab uh, the torn ACL that he had third round cornerback out of Syracuse. So uh, that's the latest on on the second, the second and third picks of Monty Osterford's inaugural Cardinals draft. Yeah, not nicked up and out there looking pretty strong is Michael Wilson. I'm ready to eat all the crow on that. But first, I want to tell you guys about Octane Raceway. In Maverick, they had a banner weekend during Memorial Day. If you guys checked it out, I'm very envious. It sounds fantastic. But there's still time. Summer engineering camp for little guys and gals. They're partnering with engineering for kids. Love that. Ages 7 to 15. Thinking about signing my 8-year-old up for it. But regardless, we're going to go head out there May 30th through August 4th. So it's in vogue right now. Free summer bowling all summer. Kids bowl for free program. You love to see it grow the game. Children 15 and under are eligible for two free games every single day. Love our friends at Octane Raceway and Maverick. You should too. Book some fun this spring, this summer at Octane Raceway and Maverick. Kart racing, virtual reality, laser tag, axe throwing, bowling, arcade, great food and drinks, tons of different events throughout the summer. Check out OctaneRaceway.com and Maverick.com, Bo, to learn more. You got to learn more about Shady Rays. We're, we're protecting my eyes out there at OTAs today under the sun, just beating down on me. I had the, I didn't have to think twice about the protection of my eyes because yeah. I was looking good in my Shady Rays, and I knew that my my eyes were going to be protected by those uh, polarized, premium polarized sunglasses. Unreal what Shady Rays is doing. You got to go take advantage of the best deal of the season. How about 50% off two or more pairs of mm. Shady Rays? It's ShadyRays.com. They're geared, built to last. And you take a look at you know what they've got there. They've got the impact-resistant construction, that durability that you want. You can go buy some flimsy boutique sunglasses. But here's the thing. You drop them, they're probably done. And you're not going to be able to send them back to Shady Rays, no question. They got that advanced lens technology. They've got the live hard protection for guys like Johnny, who's diving into his backyard pool with his shady rays on. His kids are knocking them off. His dog's jumping them up on him and knocking them to the ground. You don't have to 
think twice about it because you got that live hard protection. Why don't you get in on Shady Rays right now and save some money by doing so? Go to ShadyRays.com. Get 50% off two or more pairs of polarized sunglasses. Try for yourself the sunglasses rated five stars by over 250,000 people. ShadyRays.com. Um, so I, I was a skeptic of Michael Wilson during draft weekend. Uh, it was probably nothing against the person, my least favorite pick. Cause it was a top 100 pick on a guy who had been injured and he hasn't played a down of NFL snaps yet. Uh, he's out there running around in shorts and a t-shirt. Um, thus far I am dead wrong and could not be more happy about the development of the ex Stanford wide receiver Connor in the chat. Do you guys uh, want to see Michael Wilson play week one brother? I'm ready for it right now. We had Sam Monson on a pro football focus yesterday and it's a guy who runs their entire NFL department there, uh, scouting, draft, regular season. He said that basically Michael Wilson is going to be an impact player at this level, going to be a better pro player than a collegiate player. And I mean, just we love everybody during draft weekend. We talk them up. You say this, that, and the other. But it's like we know when guys complain when they can't, when you get into the summer and camp and everything, and who's popping, right? Tyron Matthew, once upon a time, looked unbelievable. John Brown, David Johnson – the great players look great early. That's mm -hmm. not to say guys can't be late bloomers, but everything you see, read, and hear about this kid out of Stanford, and now suddenly they have this opening opposite Hollywood Brown, and it's like I I'm uh, my body is ready for Michael Wilson to come <laughs> out and have the most under-the-radar great season for a third-round pick that this franchise desperately needs, Bo Brock. Tell me I'm crazy. No, I don't think you are. And we, we talked to Jalen Thompson today, and, and he talked about his workout partner, Buddha, but also he, and we don't have this, uh, but he was, he was, you can find it on my Twitter where he's, he's, he didn't even know. It's like, is, is Michael Wilson number 14? Is, is that he the knows. guy? Yeah, he's legit. He's legit. Yeah. He's, he's a guy that's standing out at practice. Uh, he's out there running routes. And, and, you know, what Monson was saying, what we've been saying since they drafted him, like, if this is a guy that can stay healthy, that's the biggest issue. That's right. the biggest hurdle. Every, every year at Stanford, it was Wilson's inability to get on the playing field. But it's also, he's not dealing with ligament issues. He didn't have yeah. knee issues. He had a broken collarbone. And I, and I think it was another break before that. It Luke's wasn't. Up. Yeah. So, you know, Michael Wilson, if he can if he can get blessed by not catching the injury bug, it's somebody that just by staying on the field, he's going to create opportunities for himself. And, and like you point out all the time, Drew Petzing and that Cleveland Browns offense last year, there was a lot of all those wide receivers were all over 6-1. And when you look yeah. at DeAndre Hopkins exiting, uh, you've got Hollywood Brown, who's probably the only guy that you could probably sharpie into this wide receiver starting lineup, right? Yeah. And then, you know, I, I think that they're going to maybe look at some of these these bigger bodied wide receivers to take the other two roles. You know, I, I think, you know, whether Hollywood's in the X or the Z, whatever one's not occupied by Marquise Hollywood Brown is going to be an opportunity for Michael Wilson and Zach Pascal, and then you yeah. got guys like Greg Dortch and Rondell Moore vying for those slot spots. But Pascal's well, also in the conversation for slot. Yeah, and Greg Dortch plays bigger than his size, and he's also returning punts. Like, Greg Dortch is going to get plenty of touches, plenty of play on this team. He just he does have everything right, all the little stuff right. This is not going to be – we're not getting Rondell Moore each and every show, but this happens to be one of those days. If Rondell Moore has two big bugaboos right now, three. If you count all three, he's undersized, he's been hurt, and he wasn't drafted by this regime. Rondell Moore needs a his best training camp today, and that might be uh, a non-hot take. Well, of course he does, Johnny, but I just I feel like like Rondell Moore, it would not surprise me at all 
if he's gone after this season, right? It would not surprise anybody if this is Rondell Moore's last season with the Arizona Cardinals, whether he's cut, whether he's traded, you know, traded for pennies on the dollar. He was a third, second round pick over Creed Humphreys and has only played two seasons in Arizona. But his style of play, for lack of a better term, is just the complete opposite of what this offense wants to be. This offense yeah. wants to be, as you mentioned, big, physical, imposing wideouts that hopefully can stay healthy. I mean, Amari Cooper, great year last year with Drew Petzing. They had Donovan Peoples-Jones, who was a seventh-round pick out of Michigan. Fantastic, right? They had the big tight end, David Njoku. That's what yeah. they want. Well, Michael Wilson and Trey McBride and Zach Ertz, but the two young players, they filled the bill. Trey McBride's a big dude, right? He's going to play. I think he's going to have his best career year in some time. And then and then Michael Wilson, 6'2". And if if this, I, I, I kind of probably buried the lead when Hopkins, they released him. Maybe mm-hmm. they released him because... They know they have something here. Maybe they were yeah. like, we got to get this guy opportunities. The argument I'm making for Paris Johnson to play over some of these veterans. It's like, what are you, what are you waiting for with, with a lot of these instances? So I, I love that he's out there making plays. I'm not going to write him in yet for the hall of fame, but it's been, <laughs> it's they, Steve Kime did so many things wrong. His draft history for wideouts is so bad. Not right. only the players he picked, but the, the players he passed on when he took those wideouts, we said it on draft weekend. I'll repeat it now, Bo. Wouldn't it be something if Austin Ford goes like one for one in his first draft when Steve Kime was over so many times, it would be laughable if yeah. we didn't cry first. Well, also, you know, we were talking to James Conner today and I straight up asked him, and I know we have this clip where, you know, about this, this offense, I was like, you know, yeah. Petson comes from Cleveland where you watching a lot of Cleveland Browns, uh, Cleveland Browns football and, and yeah. tape. And I, and I believe we have it. Uh, yeah, there it is. It's it's basically talking about Kareem Hunt and and uh, and Nick Chubb. There. Here's what James Conner had to say about what kind of offense of the the Cardinals have been looking at. Yeah, yeah. We've uh, you know we've been seeing some Cleveland film and uh, you know with Chubb and Hunt, those are talented guys. You know, but it's exciting seeing seeing the film and you know watching some of those guys get the lanes and you know running you know, 10, 15 yards downfield sometimes untouched. Um, so. Yeah, it's exciting. You know, I believe I'm a talented back, and uh, it's going to be a big year. Now, the the reason I brought this up is you're you're not going to get 10, 15 yards down the field when you have guys who are five seven, five eight, five nine blocking for you. It, it's going to be an important role you for these, these Cardinals wide receivers to to pick up their defender in the blocking game. Uh, it's exciting to think about that that they're going to be more run heavy and, and they're going to emphasize that. But also, it's going to there's going to be a big part of the receivers being physical and, and having the ability to be physical downfield. So you know, obviously, a lot of work comes from the offensive line, but but the wide receivers too. That's going to be huge. Well, and DeAndre Hopkins, as you mentioned, no longer on the team. And you had a chance to speak with JG, who yeah. was very blunt on his take on DeAndre Hopkins no longer with the Arizona Cardinals. Yeah, Gannon was asked about D-Hop, and uh, this is what he had to say. Yeah, I mean, it, it's it really no big deal to me. You know, we're operating on the premise that he was going to be here, and now we're not. So uh, we're moving on. Yeah, it's just, you know, we uh, all the factors that were in play, uh, we just felt that it was the best thing for the team to – um, you know, play with who we have. Liar. <laughs> oh man. I love you, JG. It was not the intent on him being on the team. No, 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 no. We, uh, we asked him at the combine. Is the hot playing on the team? We don't really know. Yeah, we'll we see. Really know. We'll see. 
didn't he say that? We'll see. Those are, that's a direct quote talking about Rondell Moore. He'll always be the second best Moore in the Valley because number one on the Moore rankings is Moore Furniture. Can't get better than what they've got over there. Moore Furniture, their Moore oh, go sale continues, Johnny. Out, get a, take advantage of that white glove delivery. Don't move a muscle. The only thing you have to do is run that chip over the uh, or, or put in your credit card details at morefurniture.com. Sure. Purchase that great furniture, get that white gut delivery, and get it set up in your apartment, your condo, your house. Get in on more furniture right now. Take advantage of that white glove delivery, whether it's for your living room, your dining room, your kids' room, your bedroom, your office, your entertainment center. They got something for you. Looks great. How about this chair I'm sitting in right now? Comfortable. I need it. Looking. I need it. More furniture. That's where you can find it. Morefurniture.com. Save big on the best furniture in the Valley when you head over to morefurniture.com. I'm sitting on a Target chair. I need a backyotomy. I need some more furniture <laughs> in my life immediately. We'll put a bow on this OTA show yeah. here on a Thursday. How about Buda Baker? What did Jonathan Gannon, and more importantly, let's start with this, Jalen Thompson have to say about his Instagram bro. Their workouts have been legendary this offseason. Did Jalen Thompson say anything about Buda Baker? Bob Absolutely. Rogers? Yeah, he was asked about it. He, uh, he alluded to it. And then we just straight up asked him about, you know, what was it like, you know, working out with Buda while all this is going, all this noise is surrounding the card star safety? Uh, you know, it's been what it is. You know what I mean? Not, nothing too much. Uh, Buda, you know, he's still going to be here. He still uh, is that leader. You know, he still talks and watch. We watch film together a little bit. And, uh, you know, we've just been working hard together. That's it. Just ready to get uh, get ready for the season. Yeah, was your lie detector going off there? Pew, pew, pew. Oh, yeah, I mean, it's. I mean, I think Jalen's probably can't say everything. Obviously, that he would like to say, but I'm sure there was a point in the offseason where Buddha was like, "I played my last down with you, my man. I'm heading no. elsewhere." Oh, well, maybe, maybe. Thought he was going to get traded. Thought he was going to get moved. Do you think he honestly believed that or he was he just understood that that was part of trying to negotiate either a big deal or a, a one way ticket out of town? I mean, that if that's true, then that the agent did him a disservice. I mean, you leaked that out a week before the NFL draft, the first draft for Austin Ford and company like Adam Schefter and everybody saying that you want to leave Arizona. I mean, that you say you want to leave, then I think you've got a foot out the door. Um, I, I you, you can you can say pay me or trade me. That's a different thing. Like, Hey, I've done all this for the franchise. I feel like I should be rewarded. He kind of bypassed that in terms of the public and, and came out and said, I, I want to be moved. And so I, to me, if, if you're, I mean, Jalen Thompson got paid last off season, mm -hmm. he's making less money than Buddha, but I don't know how much guaranteed money he got, but Jalen's spot is secure. So he's probably thinking, well, Jalen, I gotta do what's best for me, but uh, we're going to see Buda Baker, I think, next week. I think he's going to be a mandatory camp next week. We, yeah, so we've got one more round of OTAs next week. Yeah. Uh, and then but it's, is it mandatory? No, mandatory is the 13th through the four, or right. Two 12th weeks. through Two the weeks. 15th. Yeah. I think we're going to see Buda Baker in the month of June. Yeah. Do you I mean, we told that? Cam Cox that much. So yeah. um, I, I think people are gearing up for it in, in the return of Buda Baker. And I think that that's going to be something it should be celebrated. I mean, I want, if he, if he comes back and, and he's the, uh, you know, model employee once again, and he continues to be the heart and soul. I, I think you can, there is a path to forgiveness uh, here with Buda Baker it certainly is right. I mean, he, he's a competitor I, and he was trying to create leverage. I, I mean, it's, it's, I don't, I don't chalk it up as the same as when Pat Pete 
was the one when he was calling and asking for his exit out of out of the valley. Yeah, very different scenarios. We do though. We need to get a. We're going to do a draft tracker this fall. We need a uniform tracker for what we feel like is a safe uniform for fans (laughs) of this team to buy, like a uniform hierarchy. Yeah, (laughs) because a lot of people have been messaging us, Bo. I only people know this in the chat. Like Johnny, what what jersey is safe? Bo, what jersey is safe to buy with this team? Well, you can cross Diop off that list. You know, I I would say Kyler's still pretty safe right now. Is Buddha safe? Well, maybe for a calendar year, but. Eh, just be prepared. You buy a jersey this year that it, it could go out of vogue, not in vogue, uh, yeah. by 2024. This podcast is always in vogue. Check us out. Become a diehard. Get go PHNX. custom jersey. It's it's always going to be in vogue. Yeah, that, that would be something. <laughs> what if me walking around BetMGM with a custom venerable jersey? I'd be the biggest nerd there. You 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 can pour your four peaks over my head if that happens. I got a, I got what, a 69 jersey with Johnny <laughs> on the back. That, that'd be a rough look. Uh, what's not a rough look? Uh, this gear at GoPHNX.com, the merchandise locker. I've got my Hollywood tee on right now. Bo's got the hat. We're going to be live at BetMGM tomorrow, manana. To put a bow on this week. Bo Brock, Johnny Venerable, like and subscribe. Leave us a five-star wherever you get your podcast. Hell of a day for PHNX Sports. We'll see you tomorrow.